episode 290 of No Laugh Track Podcast. 290, that's right. Holy crap is correct. Like 290. Full, I feel like I've been on a full third of them. <laughs> I know that's not the case. But. Be, only because you have such fond memories. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's every, right. Every episode is burned into my memory forever. This is Crash and Burn Week, ladies and gentlemen, podcast number two of Crash and Bird Week with Jay Elvis, Josh Weinstein, whose voice you've already heard right there. And Cy is keeping himself quiet for 30 seconds. It's as long as he's kept quiet in for as long has, as I had known him. Josh has no laugh track PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to be here, guys. Aw, thanks. Yeah, no problem. I love it. I love all of you guys, and I Aww. love comedy. No. You do good, yep. and you like you love writing new material. T- Twenty new minutes. Huge fan, huge fan of new material. Huge fan of uh, being self-conscious the moment before you step on stage. <laughs> huge fan of all of it. Yeah. Uh, so this is something I always have to find out. How did you guys get involved? I mean, Tim Slagle's here every year; it's his baby. But mm-hmm. how about you guys? Did he uh, he come to you and say like, "I think I think you're ready, young Padawan"? Um, I was. Uh... Um, I was opening for Segura, Tom Segura, at the Vic in Chicago, and Louis Lee had come down to hang and was hanging with Tim Slagle, and they came backstage, and I said, hey, I'd love to do that show. And he said, well, generally people who ask get to do the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how it happened. Let that be a lesson to everyone that... Uh to show uh, to show interest, and you might get asked. Sai, I mean, I've been turning Tim down for years. I figured his personality. Um, no, I uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to do it. I, I mean, I think as much as I love the concept and I, I like writing new material, uh, it's also if you're a headliner here, you only get to be here once a year, and now you get to be here twice a year. Right. And that is that was one of my more selfish motivations. But yeah. so I'd wanted to do it for a long time, but I I never wanted to ask because you know he usually only has one local, and uh, it seemed greedy to bother him about it. But last year, Martha Kelly did it. Yeah. And she had to be gone for a day. And so I got to fill in for a day. Oh, that's right. And then afterwards, I was like, let me do it the whole time. Right. And this year, he made that mistake. <laughs> how how was it doing in just one night? It was the best. Did you do Martha's material? Try yeah, to improve I did, her I did material? all of Martha's material. Um, I just read a script from Baskets. And, uh, <laughs> and now that's in my hour. I do 30 of my own material and then a Baskets episode. <laughs> Um, all no, all roles. Hey, that's, a, that's really accurate. Um, I, uh, that was Zach Galifianakis, right? Yes, 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 yes. That was obviously Zach. Yes. Um, the, uh, yeah, it was really great. I, I would say of those 20 minutes last year, 14 of them just from that one night are in my act right now. For real? Yeah. Well, I got here's the thing. Lewis found out I was doing it. And then he got really like, I'm going to come down and watch you fail. I do what his voice sounds like, but I don't need somebody to write a blog right. about me. <laughs> um, Just go back to and, a, every uh, episode of No Laugh Track Size Done. And yeah, you can, you can, you can, can Lewis's Chinese accent is the one I give myself a pass on for some yeah. reason. <laughs> like you can do it without it being <laughs> offensive? Without, without feeling self-conscious. Even. Oh, I can't yeah. do it without being offensive. It's still offensive. <laughs> Imagine a dragon that has none of its powers uh, but owns a comedy club but is also short. Um, <laughs> I uh, no, he was real cocky with me, and so I took a real competitive uh, fuck Lewis vibe to the show, where yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna ruin the show with goodness." Oh, uh, and I yeah, I ended up pulling some pretty good material out of that one, so I'm hoping to do the same this year. 
<laughs> Lewis is a down-home blend of uh, love of supporting people and love of humiliating people. Yeah, yes. it is an interesting quality. Yeah, it's it's it almost it almost as if he is a sociopath. It almost <laughs> is like that. Like you can never like, is he love me or does he hate me or is he just walking through society emotionless, toying right. with all of us like if he white you, puppets? If he loves you, he's terrible to you. Yeah. If he hates you, he just ignores you completely. Yeah, there's no <laughs> middle ground. Which is hard because he likes to be terrible to me and then ignore me. Do you have any, uh, speaking of that, do you have any uh, bets going on with him that you can share? We're on a betting hiatus. You're on a betting hiatus. How did the last one go? I lost once again. Um, What was that bet? uh, If the Vikings went to the Super Bowl, uh, if they won the Super Bowl, Lewis had to, during my next week, come on stage and introduce me. Right, that was a good bet. Yeah, with uh, an intro that I got to write, and then he had to wait on stage for a couple minutes. I think it was two minutes while I accepted the invitation. Um, or excuse me, the uh, the presentation, whatever it was called, um, introduction, <laughs> words, Josh. <laughs> and uh, if I lost, I have to. He's going to videotape it. I have to check into uh, overnight gambling rehab. And this is still has to happen. Yeah, it has to happen. And also, he gives out for. Have you ever done New Year's Eve here, Josh? I never have. No. So they give the comics those Acme hoodies that all the employees have. Right. Yeah. And it's the only way you can get one, and it really makes me angry. Right. And so part of the bet was this year he made me a custom one that says my name on it. Uh-huh. And if I if the Vikings even part if I agreed to the bet, the extra part of the bet was if they got to the Super Bowl, I got the hoodie. Uh-huh. And so when they lost to Philadelphia, he just hung the hoodie up. <laughs> In the kitchen, in one of the windows, like a fucking Hall of Fame jersey, for me to just walk by and be angry all the time. It's very, very funny and very, very sinister. I I know because I've I've received some of those Acme sweatshirts over the years from doing this podcast. Very thankful that I've received several of those. Cool. Yeah, and Cy, I don't even want him close enough to touch it because he's tried to take it from me. I just have a bartender shirt. That's all I have. Bartender shirts? Yeah, the Acme bartender shirt. Yeah. I got one of those. Oh, the, yeah, the T-shirts. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Not good enough. Not not, not, not no. even close to as cool. Not even close. So what's Crash and Burn, have either of you guys done anything like this before? Anything similar? Well, I've done a show called Set List. Set List. Which is something that Paul Provenza and uh, I think Troy Conrad put together where you, Im- you, go, you improvise a set, essentially, where they, put up, they just put up a phrase like a bizarre-ass phrase or word up on the screen, and you have to act as if you have material about that thing. Okay. You present it as if you already have a set, you know, but you're improvising the entire thing. For how long? Uh, it's, it's usually like five or six topics, and you get – they kind of time it to when you're out of steam almost. You know? Okay. It's not like this where if you run out of material, you have to sit here and suffer until the clock hits 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, although I wouldn't do that. You what? <laughs> no, I would leave. That's part of the rules. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, luckily, I got to twenty easily last. Okay. Night, so I didn't think I was going to get there. Yeah, yeah, didn't you say you got to you as you walked off on your last joke? Well, that's what I thought. Well, I hit the last page, but I when I listened oh, the to the tape page. this morning, I had hit the last page at about nineteen. Oh, so you were so in good I shape. I actually went a couple minutes over last night. Okay. So. Well, oh, fucking a man! Wow, a little cocky here. A little cocky. I mean, you know, a little cocky gonna, on day two. Morph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, you know, I'll have 
fake confidence and do 13 minutes and exactly. just weep your way off the stage That's right. brian miller did it last year and he uh, admitted that he had written like a just a whole page of dick jokes that mm-hmm. if he was gonna that that would be his uh you know to fall back on i was thinking about making a page of tweets just to have up there but i didn't that felt like cheating no I, that's what the first thing i thought when i found out you were doing this is yeah. josh could go up there with his tweets and just rattle them off those are jokes you haven't done in front of crowds Absolutely. for the most part right yeah. or do you ever be great and then you and doug benson could tour together <laughs> actually there's a lot of benefits to touring with doug benson from where i'm sitting that's, that's <laughs> what are you talking about the things you're allergic to interesting keep going <laughs> Oh, I have a bone to pick with you and, and your podcast regarding that, by the okay. way. But I don't know. Before, we'll get to that in a minute right. here. Oh, yeah. what a there's what a, a look ahead. That's it's a, a tease. It's a tease. I used to work in radio. Yeah. Uh, in the you? nine o'clock hour, something that I vaguely <laughs> described in the eight o'clock hour. <laughs> Stay tuned. Back after this. Uh, how about you, Cy? Anything uh, similar to this? We did. You'll remember years ago we did Punchline Punch, Punch Out, out here, yeah. where that is a show where there's two teams of five comics, and each night you get a word, or the night before you get a word, and you have to write five minutes about that word. Yeah. And then you compete against somebody on the other team who's doing that word and it was i had a team and chad daniels had a team and um we did it all week i got some material out of that too uh but if you remember uh i won every match of the week because you play everybody on the team because there's five nights so i won every match of the week and chad won every match of the week and so on saturday i had to go against chad Uh and it was Chad and David Huntsberger and Mike Cronin and I. Like we got together early in the day, and Chad was like, "Let's go, let's go play football or basketball." So we just fucked around all day. Uh-huh. And I don't know when he did this or if he's just. And I think he's just that good. But like we got to the point where it was like five o'clock. He's like, "I haven't really worked on my set enough," and we all split up for an hour. Got to the show. I did okay. And he came in after me, and people might have might as well have started like taking their clothes off and throwing. Ch- he <laughs> murdered on a level that it's like he was waiting all week to be extra, extra, extra ah, good. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, and then he didn't put any of that shit in his act because he's a he's a bitch. <laughs> that's the whole point, or that's yeah. one of the points of this thing is to get some stuff to you can keep in your. Yeah. In this one, I don't know if it was in that one. That was just that was kind of like a comedy festival without the festival oh, good part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got you. Yeah, that is a little different. That is slightly different. Um, that also was the night of the crazy, the week of the craziest thing I've ever seen in stand-up. Brooks Robinson, his word was fired, and so he went up on stage and did everything he could think of to get fired from this club, really? which culminated in. Oh, I know. He knew that Stanhope. And I believe I could be wrong about this, but he knew that uh, a comic, I can't remember exactly which one it was, so I shouldn't say it was stand up, didn't work here anymore because he got naked on stage. Um, and so Brooks decided to strip on stage. Wow. And he put music on and on his iPhone and put it next to the phone, took all of his clothes off, toes down to his boxers, full sold out room. Uh, started like teasing the crowd, just pulling his boxers down a little. People in the aisles were like, no! No, don't do it. 
And then all of a sudden, he just ripped them off. I've never seen a room lose their mind like that. Like, people walking up and down the... Like, it was it was like an and one mixtape when somebody just did, like, a windmill 360 on top of a family. And, uh, and then he did the funniest thing I've ever seen on stage. And I know that's... I'm using hyperbole, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. He walked up to the microphone after he pulled his underwear back up. Looked like he was going to say something and then just quick flash the crowd one more time <laughs> and just walked off the stage and somehow sold out room. Not a single complaint. It was not, there was wow. not a single complaint. People were just like, that was the funniest, craziest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. What's the least amount of clothes you've ever performed in? <laughs> I mean, a shirt and sure. pants. I, mean, I don't. <laughs> Me too. I don't believe. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's where we're at. Good. You know. That's good. The good. answer is clothes. Good. Good, <laughs> good answer. Good, good answer. What have you guys been doing to prepare for this week? Um, writing, Justin. <laughs> that's the whole concept. Fucking a, Josh. Oh, uh, you right. think we've been on this show that. enough? That, <laughs> uh, for fuck's sake. I, you know, I wasn't. I was trying, and you know, I have. I mean, I'm a I'm a joke writer, you know. So I was trying to like not not close the ends of every bit, mm-hmm. you know. So I was I was almost purposely kind of procrastinating. I've been writing down topics and stuff okay. for the last few weeks, but I didn't want to like come up with I didn't want to walk up with airtight jokes because I mean, not that they would have necessarily worked as airtight, <laughs> but but you don't you know when I'm in LA and I'm doing ten minutes, I rarely right on stage okay you know because i'm reloading my shit into my head and i'm doing a best of set because it's la you know so the ability to come to acme where it's a great room and a great crowd and to have the opportunity to to write on stage and try to be funny in that way yeah which isn't my normal way of writing necessarily sure. that's kind of what i wanted to explore for myself it's just that that trust in you know 30 years of be of being funny on stage you know have some faith that your instincts are going to be part of the process. Sure, you know? sure. Uh, how about you, Sai? Was, was that super pretentious? No, I mean it was super gross, but I don't <laughs> know what pretentious means. So, <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, no, that was that was a great answer actually. I I decided that I was like I really want to be in the spirit of the show, so I was like I'm not going to write anything until a week before the show. So I started writing everything last week, Monday, and then I got halfway into the week, and I was like, well, that was the biggest mistake <laughs> oh. of all time. Uh, luckily, last week, Monday, I got in a an altercation with a woman at an airport, and that's 70% of the set. Right. It's about right. a 14-minute story, so it, it pretty much ate up the whole set. If it weren't for that, I think people would be like, did you even try? Like there'd be crowds like I don't like this one. Like it would be a lot of negativity. But I thought that was I was I wanted to do that. I because I think I think I could have. And this is you want to talk about being pretentious or condescending. I I think I could have if you would have given me two months and I just would have not done any open mics and not tried. Like oh I've got an idea I should try that tonight. If I'd have just like stored everything and just right. worked on it, I think I could have brought a set that was in reasonably good shape to the stage. Um, because you were saying this last night, Josh. You're like you, especially with all the TV writing you, you've done, you have a pretty good idea of 
where like earlier in a process when a joke is going to land and how it's going to do. Right. And I kind of feel that too. Like I think if you gave me enough time, I could put something where like I think this is going to go well enough that people will like it. So I wanted to kind of I wanted the challenge of uh oh, there's a week. Right. Feel the pressure. Yeah. See if that that yeah. little adrenal that tiny little adrenaline boost can push you through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we literally were sitting in the back of the room last night and we were all like, ah. I feel I don't feel good about this at all. Like all three of us were very, very nice. self-conscious, Just, yeah, which I thought was kind of fun. It was fun. It's fun to see the vulnerability of people, and it's fun to, uh, I don't know, it's just uh, not knowing how much time you have is such a weird feel. You know? Yeah. It's like, you yeah. Know, just not knowing what this shit in your notebook adds up to. Sure. You know, whether it's going to expand or contract, because usually with new stuff, contract is what happens. Of course. You know? But I'm like, I'm trying to... For myself, you know, part of my style is is trying to be conversational about things. So I'm really trying to instead of I'm tr- like when I'm telling a story, I'm trying to tell the story instead of recite a thing. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's what I do with my regular act too. Is like if something starts to get stale and it's story based, I will kind of ditch it, ditch it as written, and retell the story as if I was telling it to someone. Sure, you know, so it has that personal stake to it and there's no recitation quality to it i mean i'll still do the same jokes a lot of the time okay but i won't i'll change up the rhythm and i'll and i'll be thinking about what i'm talking about so you're open for new things to creep into it you know i asked this uh with uh carmen and tim earlier and that is uh did you consider well i really just carmen because you know can't ask tim this but did you consider cheating a little and like doing a joker here or there in front of a crowd um I mean, I considered it when I was on stage just because my instincts say now would be a good time to do a strong joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I didn't, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, not really because, you know, what's the fucking point of <laughs> Right. <laughs> in a volunteer exercise, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's no, there's no prize. And not that I would cheat if there was a prize, right. but like you're only cheating yourself. Right. Um, I, it's interesting because we had this conversation last night about, Josh had done a bit, and then he had a, you know something from the past uh, that would fit in with his new bit, right. and that's very much how. And we're not allowed. To, that's the only thing that I like that would make me want to cheat during the week, right. is because that is that is my method. My methodology is, you know, I have all the old stuff and stuff that I wasn't good enough to tell or isn't finished and doesn't feel right, and now you have, you know, like I would. I, a lot of my stuff, like we were talking, I have this joke about a dog's birthday party that I right. had to go to. And I, after a while of working on it, I realized the best end to it was this this old story of this woman who, like, ran her dog's Instagram account and, like, tagging them together. So I, right. I really like that a lot. That's the only thing about me that's like, yeah, I wish I could cheat and do that. Like, Yeah, me too. Because there are things, you know, there's things that, like I'm doing that will that will very nicely marry to existing material. Sure, that you know where you're ba- you're basically building out. Yeah, you know, um, but you know that's for another week. You know, how was it now throughout this week? You guys will all get together, and I'm sure you already have last night. Yeah, do mm-hmm. the writing together, the four of you. How is that something you guys are comfortable with? Used to? Well, I'm I'm super comfortable with it. Um, cause I, I write, Writers. I write for a lot of comics. Yeah. You know? It's like when I work with someone, they end up with 10 new jokes that week Yeah, you know? because I, I'm watching and I think in jokes, you know? So 
So it's that 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 kind of collaboration doesn't work for every comic because it's right. you know, but um uh it's not it's not it's nothing new for me. This is I mean when I was a kid when people would take me out people would take me out as their middle act because they would get I mean, they'd get five new minutes out of it because yeah. I was just sitting there watching them all night. And that's how I got a lot of work that way. Crazy, but that you know that's what's fun to me. It's you know I'm a total fucking joke nerd, you know. So it it is fun to me to hold these things up to the light and see you know wh- where you can fill the holes and create new things. And I mean that's you know that's I'm doing that anyway. Yeah, you know. It's interesting for me because I don't I don't write with a lot of people. I didn't think so. Um, and uh, it's because I early on I used to try to write with people a lot, and I would find that I would always get people writing stuff for me or uh, giving me ideas in their voice. Right. And that was really really hard for me. And and I think it was also we had a community. There were some people in the community that I tried to write with that were kind of shitty about it, you know. Right. And so. I, I've always I have the couple people that I'll run jokes by because they really Nate Abshire is one of them. Okay, Brian is one of them. like guys who really at this point and they did the same thing. They would come and open for me on the road, and they really got used to my voice. And then I do that for like there's I know their voice. The interesting thing about this for me is these it's more of a forced situation. It wasn't a choice for any of us who we're working with. So last night was interesting because it was. I, I knew I wasn't going to have good notes for anybody last night, and I also knew that I didn't think I was necessarily going to get great notes last night, even though I got some really good ones. Okay. I'm curious to see how the rest of the week goes, because now we've all seen each other for a full night, right. and then we've interacted with each other in the notes setting, and I, and I don't know how you feel, Judd, but personally for me, that'll make writing ideas for you guys better moving forward because right. it, it was almost like and we've known each other for a bit right. but we were getting to know each other in a different sense you know sure. I, I need yeah. to how much of a his, do either of you how well do either of you know Carmen I don't you don't I know her a bit we uh, we interacted when she came her years ago and tried to do an album and I'm a big fan of hers her her album that she put out this oh it's past, great it's really really good mm-hmm. um, but even with her it's you know she's a very it's four very different styles yeah that's sure. the other thing yeah. it's four very very different mm-hmm. styles um, so I, I think it'll be one of those things that as we learn each other's voices throughout the week it'll just get better and better and better and that's I'm excited about that does yeah, your ego right. ever take a hit when someone tries to improve your joke or does that not get not really, no. I mean, I have to say, I mean, my ego, I mean, my biggest concern coming into this week was not being a douche about taking notes. That's my, that was my uh, biggest concern. Okay. Uh, because, yeah. cause I, you know, I've, I've been, you know, I've been writing with people and giving notes and doing that for, you know, I, I can give a note in a non-offensive way. I have that skill. Okay. You know? Yeah. But I, but very few people give me notes. Like, as much as I tag other people's jokes, yeah. very few people tag jokes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, and I, and I'm sure that part of it is some is my slightly arrogant demeanor <laughs> that says I'm just fine. Okay, everything's fine. Uh-huh. You know, but I got this. Um, it's not really how I feel. You know, but I do. I am. I'm very specific. You know, so I don't want. You know, my my concern is not only you know, I, not only being a dick and rejecting an idea, but you know, being truly open to hear yeah. it. You know, hear it, consider it, don't reject it out of hand the way I tend to do. Okay. Because I have insta judgment, you know. (laughs) And like, no, think about it, consider it, you know. 
I don't, uh, I, I, yeah, I have a really hard time with that. I don't like, I just don't like people. The only way I ever have really written with people is bringing stuff to other people, being like, can you work on this with, this is where I'm at, this is what right. I need help with, which is where I think we'll be going forward. That's the cool thing. Like, we'll have a writing session right after this podcast today that's basically like, here are the things after last night's note session show that I really want to work on. And then you're just at a table with some great comics helping you on right. the thing you want help with. Um, I, uh, I, but I, yeah, I do the same thing, but I really learned to that thing that you just said, where it was like, there's no way in my brain that, and I've already did it last night that I'm not going to receive notes and think they're not good and they don't work for me. It's, you can't, I can't change that. And I don't think any human can, I think it's just your guttural reaction as a creative. So I kind of learned to just accept that that is the way that I'm going to feel during the process, make sure I write all of them down and now I went back over them today already, and I have a different shine on some of them. Right. You know, because I just immediately, I'm never going to like that. I don't, right. And I can't imagine who would. And you probably, with writing scripts, there's probably a lot of that. When you get a big script note, you're going to get pissed off, or you're not going to like it, or it's not going to feel right. And right. then you go take some time away, and you can come back to it. Right. And you get kind of, you know, and you, get, you, can, you know, if you're really pissy, you start going, well, they don't know what went into doing this. And yeah. It's magic. <laughs> and changing it is going to, you know, they don't see the thread that I've clearly created. You right. Know? Well, I didn't create it, or they would have seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's also about agenda, too. I mean, you're talking about, you know, it's like comics will give notes to other comics for different reasons, you know. And, you know, if this is an agenda-free situation, you know, everyone is here yes. for, a crea- for a purely creative exercise. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. It isn't career building. It isn't it, – it, there's no competition you know, everyone's agenda is to make everyone else's act the best it can be. You know? Well, I think that's a, that's the thing that I think Tim uh, creates as an environment that'll be very helpful. Is like, I, I got the vibe leaving last night. Like, if you like all of these, great. If you like none of these, great. Right. Like, because the worst thing is being on the road with someone and having them give you a note. And then feeling like you have to do it. Oh, and that that's absolutely. that is really? the fucking worst. Yes. And I that is not the vibe here. It, one of the most fun parts oh. about last night, I thought, is a, we all kind of looked at each other um, and we're like, I a lot of my notes are how funny I thought something was. Right. You know that was note. everyone likes that. Note. That everyone feels good about <laughs> right? that. And I've never. I'm Josh and I. I think are very different. Where he's such a great joke writer and buttons stuff so well and like this line works here because that line worked. And you even gave me a couple of those last night. Oh, yeah. Whereas I'm, I my thing is like. I like this. I like. Why wouldn't you explore this idea? Or I want to hear more about that. This like jumping well, off. I feel points like where the place where I mean, I feel like your comedy comes from your your bits start with an emotion. Yes. filled out. And my I am a real bitch. An, my jokes start with an idea. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Try to find some emotion. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Right. I would say. Yeah, we are very, very uh, uh, spy versus spy in that way. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, last year, Emily Galati was a last-minute fill-in. Patrick Keene had to cancel like mm-hmm. the day before this thing was supposed mm-hmm. to start. Yep. Could you imagine being in that situation if you had, like, 24 hours before, you know, like, hey, can you fill in? I did. I mean, yes, I can imagine yeah. it. But, and it wouldn't have felt that much different. Really? No. 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 Oh, okay. Felt, it would have felt a lot like this. I just would have crammed differently. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would have drank more coffee. I would have. <laughs> but... Um, I don't know when I it was the weirdest thing, and there, I kind of t- I took some of the '90s off 
from comedy. Yeah. Um, and when I was coming back, I, part of it was when my mom was dying. Um, I was like, I had to come to town, and my mom was like in the hospital for two weeks, and I saw so I was staying at her house alone, which is like this weird, lonely feeling. Oh, of going to the hospital, oh man, the yeah. And so I was like, I gotta go fucking do some stand up. And so I came down here, and of course, Lewis let me get on. And but I had no act. Like I literally just thought, I, you know, it was, you know, I was gonna go up there and talk about this hospital experience, and I was gonna create comedy, you know. And I didn't, you know. I got some laughs, laughs, but it was like it was the it was. I literally like put myself into the comic nightmare. Yeah. Just walking out with no material. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't even as much. It wasn't anything like last night where yeah. I kind of had an agenda. I was really like, I got to go out there and talk for ten minutes. That's what. And I thought I had the chops to do it. And I really didn't. Huh. I really didn't. And I, you know, so. Like that's the worst case scenario, kind of. That, yeah, yeah. That's the nightmare you have as a comic, because you're going to be on, you know, the Tonight Show, and you walk out and you don't have your act. It's, yeah. You know, it's gone. And that was kind of because I didn't have an act at that point. Uh huh. I didn't have my real material to fall back on. Like, oh, this fuck this, this isn't working. Right, right. So anyway, <laughs> you know, but I was kind of proud of myself for doing it because it felt brave. But I was also like so disgusted with myself for doing it because it was just like this arrogant leap of faith in myself. It was like, did you ever see Punchline? Yeah. You know, where Tom Hanks is yeah. the F No, I'm going to make something funny out of this. I'm going to do. No. Yeah. It kind of felt like me doing that pathetic fucking thing. It's so. How about, how about your buddy uh, Joel Madison? He's kind of doing this now. Like, uh, he's, yeah, well, he's doing what we call, uh, what I've started to call toe dipping. Toe dipping. Or, or older yeah. guys who've gone away from it are starting to come back to it because they're sort of feeling that void in their life. Because mm -hmm. you know, it's like you know, it's your, it's your identity. You know, my identity. I can direct movies. I can write on TV shows. But I'm still a comic directing a movie, and I'm still a comic writing on a TV show. So my core identity that I've had since 15, when that identity was so important to me at 15, because it was that or high school student, <laughs> which I fucking hated. Yeah. So. Um, you know, so I think that it's a, a lot of guys getting in touch with that. So Joel's one of those guys, I think, where it's just like, this was the thing that was so important in my life that I love so much. Why am I just abandoning it? Sure, know? sure. I we right before we started recording, I I witnessed Sai find he found found out that you started comedy at fifteen. Yes. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> I want to open your brain. Share what share your thoughts, Sai. When that when you find it's that out, stupid, <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, I know. Like I, I'm curious. Uh, what because I people when people comics find out that I started at 21, they get angry at me. They did to me. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine starting at 15 where they've been like. Oh, they get angry because they're like, "How did you know that's what you wanted to do? Fuck you." No, or? I mean, I, comedy is comedy is this interesting, uh, interesting world. Where the, I mean, I guess it's everything is this way, but it's how long have you been doing it often is how your peers view you. And so, but then also being young is very important in our industry, unfortunately. Right. So if you are 28 with TV credits and you've been doing it for seven years, people, and there's other people, people who started, who started when they're 30, right. they're, like, they're like, fuck this dude. Right. So I can't imagine being like, hey, here's this, he just, she showed me a picture of him headlining this club at 21 years old. 
So like, I headlined this club at 27, and people were like, get the fuck out of here. So I can't imagine 21 years old headlining a club, having been on uh, Mystery Science for, what, four years at that point? No, I just did the first couple of years, and then yeah. I left. But, yeah. but, like, but four years prior to that, because you started when you were 17. So you it had been four years since you did Mystery Science. Right. And you were headlining this club at 21. So I'm sure people thought you were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But now the flip side of that <laughs> is... Now you're just some old man. That's kind of it. I mean, because you talk, you know, there's a certain point where how many years you've been doing it, yeah, in a respect, a, but there's a there's At a, a certain terminal, point, it just doesn't matter a terminal anymore. Point. Now I'm just some fucking guy who's been around for 30 years. Oh, and I think yeah. that's people who, you know, you get to a point where you have some sort of established career and you're around other people who have established careers and none of that stuff matters anymore because right. you're not climbing in the same way you were when everybody was fighting for their first TV credit. Right. And I have no ambition left. So. That's a good point. I've seen that from you. Yeah, I think it comes through. <laughs> uh, Josh is wearing a Thought Spiral t-shirt today. Why, yes, I am. Uh, which is very cool. I need to get my hands on one of those. Um, would Andy Kindler, your co-host from Thought Spiral Podcast, how would he do on Crash and Burn? Um, well, I mean, you listen to the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you heard what he went through with the State of the Industry Address this year. Oh, yeah. You know, it would be a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, because, yeah, I was, de- you know, I was, I was. That's right. I was ghostwriting for him. That's a lot of right. That shit, That's know? right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. put out an article where it was like, what, what, it was like, they, they let Andy Kindler's best ten jokes from the thing. Like seven of them were mine. Seven of them were yours. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's and then right. there's one joke that he that keeps getting quoted. It got quoted in the New York Times. And it's mine. That's yours. Yeah. Yeah. That's the joke about uh, <laughs> Netflix is uh, Netflix is putting out uh, you know a, a new comedy special every week, which is great. So America can you can so you can binge watch America getting tired of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Cy <laughs> likes that one. I did like that one. <laughs> uh, I know. I was just thinking about the other day. Like, but but Andy also has I mean, like, with his one... normal act is you know he, he delivers jokes, uh, plays them off as they bombed, and then has that ability to. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, for Andy, material is a fallback position. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think he could talk for twenty minutes. <laughs> okay, for sure. But you could, but he couldn't prepare for that twenty minutes. Okay, you know what I mean? It's the preparation that would get him. Yeah, I think he could come out here and talk for twenty minutes and not do bits he's done before. But, uh, but yeah, it wouldn't be pretty. Uh, he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> How were you when you guys were younger, or even right now, at remembering you know street jokes like the you know the priest and a dentist and a no, whatever? I am shockingly bad at those kind of jokes. Really, like, always have been. Always have been. My father was a master of it. Okay. My father was like took it very seriously and worked on dialects, and you could hear it when he'd hear a new joke, you'd see him. Like the wheels turning in his head. Like, how am I going to tell this? How am I going to make this mine? Yeah, everybody has someone in their life that was that person. Yeah, my dad was great. I mean, I remember like when I was a kid, people would like do requests with my dad. Yeah. Uh huh. uh, But for some reason, I did not because I mean, the way I you know everything I do is about boiling it down, boiling it down to the very essential idea. You know, what's the purest way to express this thing? And those kind of jokes aren't that. True. I just want the fucking keywords of the joke. And then I'm going to tell it in the most efficient possible way so you just get what the joke is. Yeah. You know, I want you to just appreciate the idea of that joke <laughs> as opposed to 
creating a world around it, you know? So it doesn't fit my, my brain pattern to tell jokes in the most flowery, you know, the way that a good joke teller tells them mm-hmm. you know, with detail and, you know. Sure, sure. I don't have a tough time. Uh, this is probably going to sound cocky, but I, I, I don't really need to go to notes. I don't really need because I, I think you hit it on the head. I do like the. It's just I was telling a story that just happened, so I'm just recanting it, and it's I don't have to go a long ways from what it was and everything that's written. The thing that I'll forget sometimes is like if I hit a point in the story and I have a little riff and side off it, like I might, Those are the things. like I might miss a thing or two of there, but I'll remember like I, I, as a kid, I, I was pretty good at remembering I, most things mm-hmm. and street jokes included. So I, I've got a weird, a weird memory. Okay. I can, it's not, I know all the, phone numbers of everyone in my life by heart i i don't know it's just up there it's a not a cool skill but it is <laughs> certainly a skill that exists but that thing that you're talking about is those the, the little the offshoot bits yeah because i always i always think of like a, a comedy act as like a hallway mm-hmm. and there's like doors on each side and so like if you forget to open a door there's a whole room full of material that's just sitting there that you forget because there was just one way into that chunk Okay. It's so easy to sometimes just forget it. And you go, what happened to that five minutes that's usually there? And it's because you didn't open that door, you know. Okay. Because a laugh may have distracted you and took you to the next point or, you know. Sure, sure. How, uh, so there's only been one night so far of the Crash and Burn Week. How much were you guys paying attention to the time? Like I know earlier you said that, Josh, you made it no problem to the 20 minutes. Everyone did. Yeah. yeah. We, we, all left, we all left. I probably have 15 other minutes because I, th- I did the, I, well, what I do is I get on stage and I know, I knew what the story I was going to tell. I knew what to do. And then I just babbled throughout it. So a story that could have been eight minutes long was probably 15 minutes long. Right. And there's just a lot of bullshit when I, and I don't know if you do that, but when I first tell something, there's so much bullshit in it just cause I can use, I can bounce around and use it's all crutches it's all me cheating to make sure people kind of are laughing right. the whole time oh so it's just gonna ask next yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally cheating so you can't you do throw stuff like that in just to well, i better i gotta do something to get a laugh here i mean i just like i don't i'm oh god i'm a, you want to talk about sounding like a douche i <laughs> my favorite part about comedy is feeling the like you can feel i think there's a musicality to it and I think especially if you do stories and longer jokes, which I tend to, I think you can actually feel the audience. In It's like palpable. You can feel it in the room. You can feel when there's a lull. Right. You can feel when a certain, like delivering something in a certain pitch will get people to respond in a certain way. Hear something. like So I'm, especially early in a joke, I'm very all over the place filling holes and doing bullshit. Sure. So. But I, and I think that also speaks to again that your thing starts with an emotion. Yeah, you know, so you can always turn that knob. Yeah, as you're telling. As I'm story. doing it. Right. So the story that I'm doing is I saw a lady. Long story short, breastfeeding at the airport, and uh, like a fucking 35 year old kid, it seemed like, <laughs> and a big child. But uh, and I somehow wrapped it into my ongoing war with the homeschool community, and people were into that early, and you could feel it. And so the story ends with this woman joining my side of the argument and shouting at the breastfeeder. And last night on stage, you could just feel people waiting for it. And then I just like pointed to the fictional woman who said that, and I just went public school, not planned, 
hadn't been written before also the show. It was a black woman, though. Yeah, it was a black woman. <laughs> right. It was a black woman. Dialect. Yeah, I did do it. But in all fairness, it was important. No, but that made it the joke. That made it the joke. Yeah. yeah. If, if I would have just been like, and then there was this woman who's like, uh uh-uh, uh, you'd have been like, oh, we know what kind of woman she is. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you could feel like right when I finished that line, you could feel everyone in the crowd was like, what do you say? What next? And I just, it just came out. And that's, the, I, that's what I. Especially early in was jokes. That, that wasn't on the spot? The that was literally that was on the spot, yeah. yeah and great. that wouldn't have happened if earlier in the show they wouldn't have, re- the story, they wouldn't have reacted hard to me hammering on her homeschool stuff. Right. And then I bounced it back in a couple times while I was running all around the room with the joke, and it just kind of, yeah. So I, I'm very, I like that. That is a thing that I like. Yeah, I don't I, even remember what the question was. <laughs> I mean, I've, you I nailed mean, it. I mean, my handicap right now is I don't have chops. You know, like every time I do stand up, I have to it's almost an acting gig for me now because I sometimes go like I think it's been six weeks since my last set. Oh, wow. You know, so I have to I really have to like get in my head and go, you're a performer. You know, you know, it has I don't have that. You know, if you know, like when you're when you're working every night, you can trust your instincts all the fucking time. You know, you just you feel fine up there. You feel so there's always for me. A little bit of, you know, I'm relying more on the 30 years thing than I am on the on the recent set. Thing, okay. You know? Yeah. So it's like, so I have to, It's like I said, it's almost like an acting gig. I have to yeah. like load it into my head and process it as a comic so I'll give it a performance. Okay. You know? I, I know that's a, it doesn't quite make sense, but it's really just chops I don't have chops sure. my chops aren't ever sharp you know? <laughs> I can get them up to speed quicker than most I think yeah you know? but um, but it's a you know that's the drag about where I'm at with stand up right okay now, is that it's not really my living well, when I when I saw you here, how long ago was that? October. Yeah, October. Last fall. Yeah, you. I didn't see because I was out of time. But I saw you on Thursday, I believe. Yeah. And they seemed fine. So you 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 speed into it pretty I quick. I do speed. I get up to speed quick. Pretty quick. I, rem- I have the muscle memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just have to. You know, it just has to happen. I need that one set to convince myself. Oh, that's right. You have these skills. You know? Yeah. When's the last I mean, time? Even when I'm in when I'm in MLA, if I'm feeling insecure. That's when I rely on the thirty, you know, the thirty years thing. Because yeah. I see, I see, you know, really funny kids, but they're kids, you yeah. know. So they're still like this, this not, not they aren't to a hundred percent comfortable in their own skin on stage yet. Yeah. So when I go on stage after that, it's leadership that the that the audience feels. Yeah. You know, they feel, oh, here's this guy isn't worried. We're in good hands with him. Sure. You know, that's the best vibe I can really bring to the <laughs> in a situation like that. Kind of like a father on a camping trip. <laughs> I kind of like that, you know. The veteran. Watch out for bears, son. There's bears in these woods. <laughs> Silence. The last time you went six weeks without hitting a stage. I mean, I do it a lot. Like, I, like maybe not six weeks without hitting any stage at all. I, my entire career, I pretty much stopped doing professional comedy in the summertime. Really, I, I uh, coming up on the road, people pay less money in the summertime. Mm -hmm. No one wants to be indoors in the Midwest in the summertime. The shows are shitty. So, with rare exception, with with the exception of it being this club, this summer I'm doing Madison Comedy Club on State in the summertime. Go banana. With the exception of it being a festival or a thing that I really respect, I just don't do any comedy in the summertime. I might hit a mic. 
here and there, but I've so I I'm pretty super comfortable with that sort of thing. Okay, I'm I'm like you. I feel like I come back and I have to get up to speed quick, but I get up to speed quick. Right. Because I probably yeah I, I mean with the new job it's I probably have been on stage four times in the last two months. Yeah. So, so you had speaking of the new job, you're off this week. Mm-hmm. They were they were nice enough. I well I worked earlier in the week this week and then they gave me the rest of the week off. Oh okay. They like comedy, so they let me do it. Uh, are you, are you do you have Snapchat, Josh? Uh, I don't. Me me neither. I just send him uh, nudes just the old fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> Does my dick look like Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Yeah. <laughs> I get a big manila envelope once a month. It called, stuffed with Polaroid. Yeah. Yeah, it's and we're, it's president themed. I'm always sending him president themed <laughs> yes. dicks. So like uh I I, uh, I love the Chester Allen Arthur. That one was wow. really really good. Wow. Uh, Garfield is just my dick, uh, a picture of my dick stuck in a tub. Um obviously the JFK one was a little aggressive, Ooh. but um but you know it's art and art is important. Um so the t- Taft one was he actually called it a chubby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nixon, Nixon. It was titled "The Crook," so he was, you know, he was doing some stuff in there. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of striped shirt stuff. And, yeah. the, and the mask was yeah. cool. And I don't know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a dick eat a jelly bean, but you would love the Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly thereafter, he forgot about that experience. <laughs> You do have dick jokes ready for this week. Yeah, I'm not Brian, though. I'm not going to do them on stage like a hack. <laughs> of course, yeah, you just used them here, so yep. it's out of the question. That's exactly the question. Right. That was the one thing I never developed in my entire career was that was my was the bag of dick jokes as a backup. None? I, I never had them. I mean, I'd, I worked, you know, I worked blue occasionally, but I, like, I never had... And, and I, like I believe that every comic should have that, <laughs> but somehow I never developed you know that five minutes of dick that would get me out of any problem in a bar. You know, I don't have that either. No, no. I, I uh, I'm trying to think if I have. No, I don't. I think I don't think I have any. I mean, I like I've always thought it's funny in real life to pick up anything that was large and long next to me and do a this is my dick joke and then hump the air but other than that <laughs> on like on stage I've never really had those to fall back on when uh this this could really f- my next question could really fail uh Cy, but oh it's gonna yeah I'm probably the uh, LA Rams like a week or so ago announced that they were going to have male cheerleaders first team to have male male cheerleaders That's did that here. was that on your radar on uh, your sports center snapchat sports center um, i mean we stay away from topics that'll have some guy in alabama say something inappropriate <laughs> okay um, okay uh, i like to me there's nothing uh, and I'm going to have some guy go, well, then why don't I would like the way it was? Like, I'm going to have somebody at that come at me. There's nothing funny about it to me. Like, I think there's quite literally nothing funny about it. I think if you think there's something funny about male cheerleaders, you have such, like, an old world view of happiness. Like, I'm, here's the thing. Happiness. Here's the thing. I'm all for <laughs> I am all, like, you've seen my act. I'm all for shitting on people. Yeah. But I tend to shit on people that I believe deserve it. Like some fucking wonk lady who's breastfeeding a five-year-old in an airport. You deserve my criticism. My fav- One of my favorites of yours, uh, if I may add, is the shitting on the people that uh, 
do the happy birthday to their kid on, on Facebook, Facebook and can't yeah. tag their kid. Yes. Shitting Love on, that. Shitting on people who deserve it. A, making fun of a dude who wants to be a cheerleader is just that's just a person who found a thing then they want that they want to be happy about like it's a happiness activity so i i've never found a ton of uh humor in that stuff now you could argue and be like sigh you're a hypocrite because somebody just wants to throw their dog a birthday party and that's what <laughs> makes them happy but you're wrong those people are fucking lunatics <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I think I think if you're going to make fun of a male, basically, if you're going to make fun of a male cheerleader, there's only a few avenues to walk down right. with that, yeah. and none of them are my style. For right. sure, fair. That's because a better that's, way to put it. Yeah, because that's it's a difference between someone's identity and someone's choices. Sure. Yes, you know? that's exactly right. That's and that's my questions asking questions of people's choices. There that's how I like my act to be. There you go. Yeah, how about your? Uh, let's mention is your podcast still going strong? Or, <laughs> oh, huh? oh, where, where, where are we with the Cy Amundsen podcast? Barely, barely. Oh, it's clinging on. Um, it's clinging like it's like a soldier that's been shot, and like if he was in a city, he would survive. But he's not. He's in the jungle. <laughs> so no matter how fast you infection. throw him, yeah. No matter how fast <laughs> you get that guy over your shoulder and try to get him to the helicopter, you still got to take the helicopter to where the nurses and doctors are, and they're not even as good as the ones back. They, you know, they're stitching you up with bamboos right. and shit. So yeah. it's it's meatball surgery. Yeah, yeah. Mash all the time. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's exists. It's still existing. We. It's basically devolved into me and three people I like just arguing for 50 minutes um, and uh, making fun of hillbillies. So it's still there. How many listeners there are? I don't know. Are you regular about it? Uh, we do it every single week, every Friday. Totally. Yep, and we have one, some. That was the one piece of advice that Segura told me. I was just like, just make sure you deliver clockwork. Every week, like mm-hmm. Clockwork, 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 because it becomes a part of people's lives. Absolutely. And. We've missed it by a day or two, or we'll miss a week, but we always inform people, yeah. you know, when that's going to happen. But if we don't put one up, people will be like, where is it? Right. You know. Good. That's good. People are paying attention. In theory. <laughs> In theory. And obviously, uh, you have the t-shirt on, so that proves that yours is still going strong. It's still, well, it's still going. I don't know <laughs> if it was ever going strong, but we have, I mean, we have this, we now have this nice pack of, you know, really dedicated and you know people interact with the show which is really nice. i've noticed i, I like yeah. that you've added the uh, questions from yeah. uh, listeners so at the end it's and been it's been i mean that that part of it is nice is that even though there's no there's no money involved in this thing but, right but it does feel like it's it's being a positive thing in a lot of people's lives and, you know? it, how, and in your andy, how about in yours yeah i think yeah i think for both of us you know i think for andy especially cause yes because he, he doesn't have to edit it or <laughs> do any work uh-huh uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, you know, and for him, it's an extra therapy session. So it, totally, and it comes across like that sometimes, <laughs> yeah, which is really entertaining. Uh, here's here's the bone I needed to pick with okay. your podcast. Okay. Oh, fun. Yeah, let's do this. Um, it fucking blows. Uh, you're not mentioning this podcast, and no, that's not it. But I appreciate every mention you have mentioned me and this podcast on yours. I really Good. appreciate that. And the side note here, but uh, no, it's your access to the stores in California that we don't have here in oh, Minnesota. Okay. Yes, we've 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 talked a lot about weed and legal weed. Yeah, and, <laughs> and when Andy's on there going, "Oh yeah, and I just get to, you know, I'm I'm not even settling on one. I'm going picking this one and this one and this one and this one." 
Yeah, yeah, I, it's pretty weedy. Th- there, there's there's <laughs> some, there's some people here that might hear that and get jealous. I did. I made a reference to it last night on stage, and people made sort of kind of. I couldn't tell if they were angry or worried noises exactly, but they were. They definitely reacted to the. Oh, okay. So interesting. It's jealousy. I think it's jealousy. It's it's kind of the only thing that's gotten better in the world. <laughs> yeah, that you know maybe coffee, but. Mm. Hmm. And those two sometimes go really well together. They do. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Anything else we should be mentioning just to come out and see these shows? Yep. Yep. Size looking at mug shots over here. <laughs> Anyone you know? I uh, just I'm sending somebody a mean uh, joke about their high school photograph from a okay. bunch of years earlier. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know. You know. I got nothing going on right now. So. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to burn somebody's childhood. <laughs> nice. Well, good luck the rest of the week. Thank you guys for doing Thanks this. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do it again. I always love being here. Yeah. There's that excitement. Thank you. Thanks, buddy.